I don't know whether you read the Daily Mail, but uh, it's a bit of a comic in some ways, but in other ways it's quite good in that uh, every week they have a reading from the Bible, Scripture, and also they have a quote for today. And one of them was, though no one can go back uh, and make a brand new start, anyone can start from now and make a brand new ending. I thought, you know, for a national daily, that was quite quite a wise thing to say. Um, I'd like to read from 2 Corinthians 2, verses 12 to 17. 2 Corinthians 2, 12 to 17. Now, when I went to Troas to preach the gospel of Christ and found that the Lord had opened a door for me, I still had no peace of mind because I did not find my brother Titus there. So I said goodbye to them and went on to Macedonia. But thanks be to God who always leads us in triumphal procession in Christ and through us spreads everywhere the fragrance of the knowledge of him. For we are to God the aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. To the one we are the smell of death, to the other the fragrance of life. And who is equal to such a task? Unlike so many, we do not peddle the word of God for profit. On the contrary, in Christ we speak before God with sincerity like men sent from God. Um, when I was about eight years old, the, the Anglican church that I was going to went to my sister, who was much older than me, and said, would he sing in the choir? So she said, you wouldn't want him, he's got a voice like a bullfrog. So I, I was totally rejected from that. I didn't even get the chance to say no. Um, so they said, well... Would he be a boat boy? Well, I didn't know what a boat boy was, but I said, you know, yes, I'll, I'll do that, whatever it is. I um, don't know whether you know, but a boat boy holds a little container like a boat, and you've got a man beside you with a censer, with, with charcoal and incense, and every so often he leans down and takes a spoonful of, like, seeds, throws it on the censer, and a huge cloud of smoke goes up. And it used to engulf me. Um, I had my church gear on, red and white, and uh, afterwards, for ages, I stunk of uh, incense, and it rose up to the ceiling of the church, and it was all bells and smells, as they say. So um, uh, that was an introduction to introduction for me to the Church of England. Um, now, the fragrance of Christ is something like that, it's a wonderful fragrance that lingers after Christ is involved in a situation, whether it is a word from the pulpit, a conversation on the street corner, or two people chatting together. I don't know whether you've ever been to um, a service or a meeting, a prayer meeting, and suddenly something's different. And when you leave, you've got that uh, feeling, strange feeling inside of you, which lingers on and on. Sometimes... Um, I've had it for half an hour afterwards and then sadly it slowly fades but it, like an, to me it's the fragrance of Christ it's something that 
invades your whole body and being and uh, you know you rejoice in it and it's good for you I'm sure and it just happens now and again um, it's not a continuous thing um, now that aroma of Christ as we read just a minute is for those being saved which is a sweet smell or it's for those who are perishing you know, sadly they get this fragrance of Christ but it, it's not a nice thing you know if they're not believers or are against Christ or have any way spoken against him it's not a good thing it's for those who are perishing uh, it's incumbent on us if we are practicing Christians to set such an example of good and obedient living that others notice it and comment on it and hopefully want to know about it. You may not regard yourself as evangelists, but um, every conversation you're involved in with others can sometimes plant a seed. You never know. Um, I remember going over to a small village church. I wasn't preaching. I was over there just to read the word. Um, it's a night I always remember because um, they'd had a baptism and I was stood on the end edge of the open baptis baptismal and uh, I was dreading that I was going to take a step sideways <laughs> and get re-baptized. Um, anyway, um, I don't know really why I told you that, but... <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, uh, he, he, oh, I know what it was. Um, years afterwards, I met the minister, and I must have said something that was meaningful to him. It wasn't particularly meaningful to me, or I doubt anybody else, but he, he, we met in a cafe in Hastings, and he said, I remember you. You came to our church, and you said something, and he said, I've never forgotten it. Now, for a fully-fledged minister to say to that to me, an, uh, an ordinary person, was amazing, really. But God had used me, even though I was sat at, stood on the edge and half afraid of falling in the baptismal, to tell that man something. It's not something that was, you know, it didn't even register with me. So do remember that when you're in conversation with people, you, you may be being used by God they may be unbelievers, they may be believers, as that minister was, but, um, uh, you know, it can be very effective. In John 12, the story of Martha and Mary, Mary took a pint of nard, a rare perfume, and poured it on Jesus' feet, and the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume, reckoned to be worth about a year's salary. She wiped Jesus' feet with her hair. Now, this, uh, uh, this perfume had a very strong aroma, and it must have gone on everyone in that room. It must have saturated the furniture and everywhere, but that was the fragrance of Jesus, um, as spoken in that piece of the Bible. In Philippians 4, Paul compliments the Philippians on their generosity to him. He refers to the gifts as fragrant offerings, an acceptable offering, pleasing to God. Psalm 45 says, Your throne, O God, will last forever and ever, a scepter of your kingdom. You love righteousness and hate wickedness. Therefore God, your God, has set you above your companions by anointing you with the oil of joy. All your robes are fragrant with myrrh, 
and aloes and cassia. So as I was soaked in those, that fragrance of smoke in that church, um, so 45 speaks about us being soaked in this uh, aroma of Christ. Job 14 says, man's days are numbered, and then when his time is up, he does he dies, but there is hope for a tree. If it is cut down, it will sprout again. Even if its roots grow old and its stump dies, yet at the scent of water it will bud and shoot out, put out shoots. The aroma of water will cause new birth. Now, in a rural church, I suppose that's very appropriate. So when you cut a tree down, uh, do remember that the, the tree almost like an animate being, can smell water. And when, if it gets that smell of water, it's going to go put out shoots. Re, it, it'll be a kind of rebirth, really. On the matter of trees, in Hosea 14, Israel is being called on to be forgiven and return to the Lord. In verse 5 it says, I will be like the dew to Israel. He will blossom like a lily, like a cedar of Lebanon. He will send down his roots. His young roots will grow. His splendor will be like an olive tree. His fragrance like a cedar of Lebanon. Um, I, don't, I expect you've been over to Ashburnham where they've got the cedars there of Lebanon. At one time they had a lot and they were huge majestic trees but uh, 1987, when Edna and I were living in there, the storm hit, and of course it took those trees and just destroyed them. There's still a few left. I was over there last week, and I think there were about three or four still there, um, and maybe the, the roots of those Lebanon trees will come up again. I don't know, but um, hopefully they will. Um, when Jacob was repent, pretending to his brother Esau so that he would get the blessing from their father Isaac who was dying, he put Esau's clothes on and went and kissed Isaac who caught the smell of Esau's clothes and said, Ah, the smell of my son is like the smell of a field that the Lord has blessed. So the last proof for Isaac that he was talking to Esau was the smell of his clothes. It was a deceptive business, as you know. Um, uh, their, their mother wanted uh, Jacob to get the blessing, and therefore she had pushed the other son, um, uh, pushed Jacob into imitating Esau. But it was the smell that clinched it for Isaac. When he smelt the field, the smell of the field, then he felt sure that that was really Esau and blessed him. Psalm 115, verse 6, talking about silver and gold, idols, says, They have noses but cannot smell. In other words, compared to the living God, they are quite useless, except as a tool for Satan to use to draw people away from the truth. I feel awfully sorry for Hindus. Um, as you probably know, they've got gods and goddesses for every occasion, and they're quite useless, they're quite worthless, and yet these people adore and worship them. I admire their intensity of worship, but sadly they're misled, and uh, they won't accept that. They attack Christians, and they attack 
Muslims as well, oddly enough. Um, so these idols are worthless. They've got no noses and they can't smell, as the Bible says. When the Lord gave Moses the instructions for making an anointing oil, it sounded like one of those recipes on TV today. This is straight from the Bible. Take 12 and a half pounds of liquid myrrh, six and a quarter pounds of fragrant cinnamon, six and a quarter pounds of fragrant cane, 12 and a half pounds of cassia, and six and a half pints of olive oil, and make it into a fragrant blend, the work of a perfumer. The tent of meeting and the ark of the testimony were then to be anointed. The sacrifices made at that time of ram's meat, etc., were to be burned and would be a pleasing aroma to the Lord. It's, uh, you know, it's strange that we get all these cooking programs and here's the Bible laying out what you do for an anointing oil. So you had to get all those bits, mix them in the right way. Um, I notice even Mrs. Cameron is on one of those programs now, which is unusual. Um, I'm sorry to have led you through such a smelly uh, sermon. <laughs> but, but going back to the Bible and 2 Corinthians, the fragrance spoken of is the fragrance of the knowledge of him. For we are to God the aroma of Christ. This week, as you know, is a week of unity and um, I think uh, a very appropriate a very appropriate psalm is uh, 33. You may have already had this read to you, I don't know. 133, yeah. It's a song of a sense of David. How good and pleasant it is when brothers live together in unity. It is like precious oil poured on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down upon the collar of his robes. It is as if the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion, for there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life forevermore. So you've got another case there of uh, anointing oil being poured, and poured in profusion, so that it ran all down and over the clothes and onto the feet. Um, and that's really what's happened when Mary and, Mary and Martha in their house, that nard was poured on Christ. I don't think I really uh, want to say any more, um, except, which, can we finish with prayer? Dear Lord, we want to do your work. We want to be the fragrance of Christ to all who we meet, whether family members, friends, or casual acquaintances. We want our behavior and bearing to set such a good example that their own lives, that they will ponder on it and think about their own lifestyle and beliefs. Sometimes a softly spoken word or kindly action have, can have great impact. We pray this all in the name of Jesus. Amen.